Welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast, a podcast where we focus on real issues and have real talk, and as always, provide a biblical perspective. We hope that you will be blessed as you listen. Hello and welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast. This is the Amazing Truth Minute. This is the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. For the Amazing Truth Minute today, we'll focus on 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 18. And it says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. No matter our age, human beings never outgrow the need to be parented. Some of us come from homes with excellent parents, while others grow up with, you know, absentee or abusive parents, regardless of, you know, regardless of that. God longs to father us. Even the best-intentioned best parents make mistakes while raising children, because as humans, we are all flawed. But God is the perfect parent. He is both provisional and practical. As a loving father, he meets our needs and is faithful to guide, protect, and discipline his children. The New Testament teaches we are ado- teaches that we are adopted as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. That's Ephesians verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 5. Adoption is an intentional act that requires forethought from the adoptive parent. The scriptures make it clear that God embraces the role of a father, that he chose us before the foundation of the world to be his children. Every child of God has the opportunity to be parented by a loving father who wants the best for his children. And that is the Amazing Truth Minute. This is the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at The Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. All right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. That was a good devotion, uh, uh, Truth Minute, Canon. I know. Uh, I liked it, I liked it. You know, I'll say God is a good father and mother. Yes. Gives us both the motherly yes. and the fatherly, you know. And I say that because this segment, mm-hmm. we men are going to just learn from the experts. Yes. <laughs> we are back with Nancy. Yeah. Uh, man, I wish you guys... Man, if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, what would you tell them, Kenan, to do? Please go and watch, go and listen. Mm-hmm. It you, you if this 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 section, this it's, one, it's very easy for you to say. Go, but why? Why? Because we summarized last week. Last week we met Nancy. Mm-hmm. We learned uh, how she immigrated to this country mm-hmm. at 14 years of age. Uh, she experiences loneliness, uh, lack of acceptance, uh-huh. school, you know, the diversity piece and all that. Then she goes to college, uh, when, well, goes to, n- navigates medicine and uh-huh. finds her niche, finds out what she's good at. And I think we stopped as she was just about to, oh, she also, she uh, she has a beautiful son that gives us strength and yeah, I mean why am I telling them all this? You became she became a teen mom. Hey, we're not gonna tell no, you the no, whole story right, because yeah. we're here for the so new podcast. Yeah. So please, please kindly go. take time, go listen to the amazing, inspiring, powerful journey of, of Nancy and I can promise you you will get something that you can work with. At the very least yeah. You will laugh at the jokes of Kenan. So you won't be losing anything <laughs> <laughs> when we go through all that. But but we're back with Nancy. Hey, Nancy, good to see you again. It's it's exciting. Of course, it's it's always breathtaking just to hear your journey, to see your story. So, you know, last week you, you, we left where you, you told us you, you, you went to do uh, master's. But take us slow. Take us slow yes. a little bit. Just, yes. just take us a little bit. Yeah. So when do you... Because in the introduction last week, you said you have four kids. Mm-hmm. Timeline-wise, where are the rest? <laughs> <laughs> how do the rest appear in this picture? <laughs> you know, how do we get there? Are you still in college? Are you in graduate school? You know, when? And when? You know, how? Yeah. Well, it all happens uh, all throughout that period. Uh, um, but I, I graduated my bachelor's Mm -hmm. and in between my bachelor's and my master's i met my husband Mm -hmm. um yeah he gosh i'm just 
I honestly feel like God sent my husband at the right time. Um, sent me the right hey, person at the right That's time. That's powerful. <laughs> I wish our wives say that. <laughs> they, are, yes, they, do, they do, right? I wish out that our wives too, oh, you yeah. know. But anyways, that's that's a beautiful thing to right, say, especially right. at this yeah. age. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I. he's he's an amazing person. He's a man of God. Mm. He's heart. Just, I say there are people, for me, faith, faith takes work. It takes effort. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes just that conscious effort for me to continually grow in my faith. My husband just naturally, mm-hmm. <laughs> is just naturally gravitates towards good. Um, and I think God knew that that's what wow. I needed in my life. Um, and at this point, you know, being a, a single mother in an African single mother, mm-hmm. Kenyan single mother. Yeah. <laughs> I think Kisi. at that point, Kissy single mother, I think at that point I'd kind of decided for myself that maybe the marriage path wasn't for me. Um, I was pretty set on just raising my son. Um, and yeah, just, and then again, God, God, God does things in his own time, in his own way. Um, I don't know if we want to touch on the story of how I met my husband. I, I was going to ask that. I mean, why wouldn't why, you? Why? Of course, of all. <laughs> why? You know. We all have a good life I story. Know. It has, you know, it's funny. It does. It has something to do with Pastor Mokua. I don't know oh, if really? he knows that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pastor Eric. Hey, hey. <laughs> let, 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 let me stop you. I think... Yeah. <laughs> I know where you're mine as well has something to do with Pastor Mukwa, so I can relate. <laughs> but go ahead. That's amazing. But yeah, okay. I, I was in this phase where I just, again, you hear as a single mother, you hear a lot of, you know, you, there's just things that people say that turn you off um, from even the idea of marriage or desire to be married. Um and so I was, I was, I was in this place where I was honestly content. I think I shared my heart with God. I said, you know, if that's something that God wanted for me, I'd be open for it. But truthfully, maybe I wasn't. I was just saying that. <laughs> but I, I did, I did say that prayer. Um, and I went, we had a camp meeting at um, uh, MOB Church. And Pastor Mokwar had, he's another person that was a really good support system for me during this time, um, and his wife. And so I'd find community, I'd found community in our church, in our small church. And we had a guest speaker coming in. I do not recall the name of this pastor. I wish I did, but he was from Australia. I remember that much. He was Kenyan, visiting pastor. And I attended um, the camp meeting, was there all day with my son. And I remember in the evening as we were cleaning up, he pulled me aside and he asked me, he was like, well, you know, I've seen you a few times and I've seen you with a little boy. I'm assuming that that's your son. And I told him, yeah, that is my son. And he he was just like, you know, you, you look fairly young to have um, a son. He was, I think, about four or five at this point. And he asked me if I was married. I told him, no, I wasn't married. He asked me about my son's dad. And I told him that we were co-parenting, but we were not married. Um, and he just he continued to pry <laughs> which was it was uncomfortable but i was like oh, he's a man of god <laughs> i i continued going and he i remember him asking me he said what is your plan for the rest of your life and i said well um in college i'm about to go for my masters and i at this point i actually had not fully decided against medicine but i i was considering doing physician assistant school that was much shorter so I told him I'm considering going into physician assistant school and um but beyond that I just I'm planning on just raising my son and that's what I'm doing and he looked at me and he said you know I'm I'm sorry to say this but he said you're very young (laughs) you have a lot of life ahead of you and I don't think shutting that door to marriage is something that God wants for you he said, you know, I feel strongly that I should let you know this. That's something that I feel God wants me to say to you. 
And he said, I feel like if you go down this path, you might essentially end up being in a position where you realize later on that marriage is something you desire. But at that point, you might end up being in a position where the potential people that you could be married to are someone's husband. Mm. <laughs> and then it might lead you down this path where you're a homebreaker. <laughs> and I was like, what are you oh, talking man, about? <laughs> How did I, this I, I, go he from... Went deep, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just, he was like, you know, I, I have to draw the picture for you because I feel like this is something that God really wants for you. And mm. I think it's something you desire, but I think you're letting your circumstances take that away from you and I just it really it just it's something that really resonated with me and mm. it touched me deeply um because I think I desired marriage I desired to have more children I desired a family I had this sense even as a little kid that I just I wanted my ministry to be my family mm. I felt like that's what God was calling me to but I just could not understand why he had me on this journey that I was on as a single mother and where that would fit in. And being a part of the community that we were in, how that with the stigma, how that was going to even, you know, it just, I, I didn't have that picture. <laughs> and so he sat me down. He asked me if he wanted to pray for me, if I'd let him pray for me. And he prayed for me. And I left. Um I left that camp meeting. I had my sister was visiting from Kenya and she was about to leave. We decided some of our friends and I would go just take her out to dinner. And we ended up after dinner, we stopped at a um, salsa dance club. I don't salsa dance. Nobody <laughs> dances. I don't know how we ended up at a salsa dancing club but we ended up there with my sister and um i just i remember standing there because again i can't salsa dance so we're watching people salsa dance and i remember from just the corner of my eye seeing a guy looking mm. at me um hey. and tanzari was my husband he mm. was <laughs> being a little <laughs> creepy <laughs> but <laughs> We end up introducing, uh, getting introduced to each other through his friends and um, the friends that we were with. Mm. And in that small place, place mm. where, you know, there were no other Kenyans, no other black people, um, two people that couldn't salsa dance, <laughs> we happened to be there. He happened to be from the same place that I grew up mm. Um so it was it was very interesting how we met. And mm. mind you, this is like a few hours after the pastor had prayed for me. My goodness. Oh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was the same night. The same night. Wow. And so I ended up, um, we ended up talking, exchanging numbers, and he wanted to go out for coffee the next day. But I told him, hey, if you're interested in coffee, we can have it at church because we have a camp meeting at church. <laughs> and okay. Evangelist of I, I know, right? <laughs> Evangelize. Anywhere you are, you mm. can spread the gospel. Mm. But yeah, my husband ended up coming and staying through the entire week long wow. camp meeting. And I ended up actually introducing him to that pastor before he left. And I remember he laughed. He was <laughs> like, you know, I. I, I wasn't thinking the prayers were work, were going to work this quickly. Maybe slow down a little bit. But, um, yeah, so that's how we ended up meeting. And it turns out somehow our families know each other. Oh. Our parents happen to be really close friends. And so everything just seemed to align mm. with how I met my husband and how he came into my life. But I think it also... It's a testament of God. Mm. And um, I just want to say, I think a lot of people, a lot of women, men, I think sometimes circumstances can get in our way and we can let those circumstances steal our dreams and potentially even um, rob us of people that God want in our lives. Um, and I'm glad that pastor was there that day. I'm glad that he really saw me, really, really saw me. And 
he wasn't afraid to speak to me and to speak to my heart. Um, yeah, but it's that's the long story, story short. It's a beautiful story, <laughs> man. Kenan, yeah. we, we need to yeah. be praying for people. <laughs> you, you are a man of God. How many matches have you made? <laughs> no, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful story how everything aligns. It's yeah. outside your control. It's not yeah. like you went searching, looking, you know, mm-hmm. all no. that. And so, but here's my question, though. Mm-hmm. You have a son. You guys have like this conversation. That, yeah. How does that go down the line and stuff? Uh, with my husband. If you don't mind. Because, you know, you're still a single. And I think I for am, every single yeah. mom, you have to account that I have a child. Yeah. Right? I do. A- and, yeah. the, you know, the, the man, you know, will also have to say, am I ready to be mm-hmm. a dad to this child and be yeah. in this, this child's life? How was that journey? And then we transition to, you know, masters and stuff. And yeah. Everything. Mm-hmm. So... Again, I want to say, I think when God's hand is in something, Mm -hmm. a lot of things can be effortless. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm not saying that lightly. I'm not saying that it was, it was easy. It was, but I had to, I, at that point, I think I'd come to really trust God Mm -hmm. to guide me in a lot of things. And so I, I really kept relationships at arm's length i kept my husband at arm's length we did not i didn't go into a relationship with him um i wanted to know him as a person before i ever brought him around my son before i ever introduced my son to him i wanted my family to know him first and to know his character before any of that and so we did we went through this period months of just talking honestly the first few weeks all my husband and I did was do devotions over the phone (laughs) together (laughs) he would call me I'd say hey I'm doing my devotion do you want to join me and he'd do that and so he kept doing these things that you know for me I think I was intentionally trying to push him away um but he kept responding <laughs> in the way that I wasn't expecting. You know, he would sit there and do devotion with me. He would come to church with me. I'm sure you saw me bring him to church. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to say that my husband had never stepped into an Adventist church before that. So he was doing all these things that were not what I was expecting for him to do. And he was very authentic. He was very genuine. Um, and so I kept looking for red flags, which I think every, I, I know, I think every single mother, every mother, I think every every girl <laughs> should be watching out for, honestly. I was, I was watching out for red flags and I just couldn't find um, any red flags. And so for me, then that became like maybe it's too good to be true uh-huh. um, oh, in yeah. a sense. And so for me, I, I brought him around my family. Mm. So our whole dating experience was in front of, you know, he came home and had dinner with my mom. My dad was there. My siblings were there. We all lived in the same house. So he would come have dinner and then go to his house. So our whole, the whole time we dated was in front of our family. And so I got to see how he was with my family. I got to see how he was with my son. And as far as my son, I want to say for me, the thing that spoke out to me the most was he, he how, didn't how come in. How old was his son? How old was his son? My son was five at this okay. point. He didn't come in trying to parent my son. Mm-hmm. He was very honest about just not having been around kids. Mm-hmm. And he took time to get to know him. And again, this is around family. Mm-hmm. It's not just me and him. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's aspects of someone's character that you get to see mm-hmm. when, when you have him family. around other yeah, people. Yeah. There's things other people can see, see that, that you, you might see. not yeah. see. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we did. And for a whole year, we literally spent every single day, because he would come over and have dinner and then go to his place together. And I got to really see him and really know him. Um and I did put him up to, I told him if he wanted to date me, he had to take my dad to dinner and ask wow. for his permission. <laughs> Again, I was I was trying to push him away. <laughs> wow. Because, again, yeah. I had a son to protect. Yes, yes, I yes, had yes, yes, another human being that I had to think about. And if this is someone that was going to be in his life, 
I had to be sure that yeah. it was yeah. someone that was going to be good for him. Um, and he he passed all the tests with I flying colors. <laughs> yeah. I am happy for the brother. <laughs> the brother I think they would have a great, yeah. great, great flag. Got dinner out. out. <laughs> you know. yeah. But that's yeah. a beautiful story, Nancy. Man. Thanks for sharing that. Because I think, yeah. especially in this day and age we live, people don't see authentic dating and relationships mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, yeah. And I'm not coming at social media and you know online dating and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that traditional... No yeah. past. How long before, since you met, until you're married? Until married. So we were very intentional about coding. Mm-hmm. I want to say that. It sounds old-fashioned, but that's what we that's what we wanted. Mm-hmm. I, I was a mother, mm-hmm. and I made that clear. If I was going to go this down this path with someone, it was something that was either leading to marriage or there wasn't mm-hmm. a relationship of trying things out or seeing how things work out. Um and so we dated for a year mm-hmm. before we got engaged. And again, that whole year was Do you very find the red flags? No, <laughs> no, red that was the year that we spent time with my parents, yeah. with my family every single day. And yeah, so looking for the red flags, I didn't find any. But we got engaged. He asked me to marry him the our anniversary, our first year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Just because, again, it was a short time, but we literally spent every Qu- single quality day, time quality time, time yeah. together, mm-hmm. knowing each other and um, just being a part of each other's lives, daily lives. And then we got married nine months after that. Um, because we had to go through premarital counseling yeah, yeah. Um, to get ready for marriage, which is another thing. I'm just like, I wish every couple would go through that. I agree with you. <laughs> Before they got I married. wish I took it more serious. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm really, literally there. I, I'm learning. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, yeah but anyway, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. And then we got married after almost two years, close uh-huh. to two years mm. From dating That's to good. getting married. Yeah. So, three more kids. Yeah. So, three more kids qu- qu- come. First of all, question yeah. now. Go, going back to the previous episode, how is your how is your mental health yes. at this point? Yes, in this phase. Because that's a big factor. At this phase, I feel like I, I was still going through therapy. Because, um, again, I'm still navigating single parenthood. There's a lot of different things. So, for me, that piece of just continually spending time checking in with myself, with my mental health was important. And my, I think from the moment that I had postpartum, I want to say it is postpartum. I did have postpartum depression with my first son. What is, how does that look like? How did that look like for someone who's... Someone who's going through it. Um, it's a lot, it's different. For different people. For different people. For me, it presented as just clinical depression. Um, A lot of having to really force myself Mm -hmm. to do things, force myself to be interested in doing things. I was caring. The piece, it it never affected how I cared for my son, Mm -hmm. but it affected how I cared for myself. Um, I really struggled with finding the motivation to enjoy life in general. Life felt really empty, mm-hmm. really dark at times. Um, and it continued. I think it was very intense in those first few months after I had my son, but it did pieces of it continued. I, I occasionally would struggle with depressive moods and episodes. Um, and I think it just kind of lingered. It never went away. So during this period, I think my mental health got better as I, again, my faith grew and I found my grounding in that piece, in my spiritual um, journey, and that that alongside therapy, I think the two really helped me find my grounding. Um, and so when I went into marriage, I want to say by that point, I was, I was my mental health was good. <laughs> it was stable. Um, and then we had um i want to preface with this my husband and i going into marriage we discussed that something that was important to us was that we'd have in our family being available for our children was important being able to 
be present in their upbringing and not necessarily letting other people parent them was something that was important if we were going to have more children. So in those discussions, we discussed the possibility of one of us having more flexibility with their job, um, with their career, or not necessarily staying home, but having making sure that there was one of us that was available. So going into it, we were not planning on homeschooling, but that was always there, our desire to be present um, for our children's upbringing. Quick question, what, what experience kind of, pushed you more to towards making that decision even before you got kids even before we yeah. had kids is that well, we already had yeah. one but before both I already of you have one both, both of, of us i think i honestly want to say it's our faith okay. um i think we felt strongly that if you know god gives us these children and i think also being our generation i think we saw as as thankful as we are for our parents. I think we saw our parents do a lot of community child rearing, um, a lot of other people kind of being a part of our upbringings. Um, and that's something, as good as it is, raising children in a community is important. But we we wanted to be more intentional about putting the children before work, before other things and not the other way around. I think we'd seen a lot of that the other way, where it was work and then children. And so we were very intentional about that going into marriage. At least that's something we discussed beforehand. Was it was homeschooling ever an option it was at this point? No, at this point, no. God, no. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, cle- we both... We we always said homeschool children were very awkward uh-huh. and weird. Homeschooling was for <laughs> weird people, strange people, uh-huh. um, extreme <laughs> extremists. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, we had yeah we were not homeschooling was not part of our. So it's just being flexible, so being that flexible, so that you're there for your that kids. That we're there yeah. for our kids. We were okay, really okay. passionate about um, Christian education. We wanted them to be in Christian schools because that's something that had worked for us, and we wanted to be able to pass that down to them. So our goal was they'd be always in a Christian school, um, in a school environment. Mm-hmm. We never planned on homeschooling. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you guys get married. Uh, you guys get married, and uh, first kid. Yeah. How long? How was How that long? journey? Yeah. So I once we got married, you know, I'm in this situation where, um, you know, now initially before we got married, I think going for my father education, what was pushing me there was the ability to care for my son. I never really thought beyond like what my passion was. Mm-hmm. And so when we got married and we were talking about flexibility and options and all of that, we started, I, my husband encouraged me to explore what I was actually passionate about. And so this led me down the path again to psychology, which was something that I'd always been interested in. And that's how I ended up going for my master's in psychology. And while I was doing my master's, we got pregnant with our first son. And I had my son during my um, graduate studies, mm-hmm. my second, sorry, my second son. Um, and that was, you know, transitioning into, again, motherhood was, it was easier. I had someone else to do it with. Mm-hmm. But again, I found myself struggling with mm-hmm. postpartum depression. Um, my son had, our son had a lot of needs as an infant. Um, he's on the autism spectrum disorder. Um, he's on, he has an autism spectrum disorder. He's on the spectrum. And so as an infant, he just, he had really high needs. And I think that combined with just postpartum depression, I found myself going back to just that depressed mood and feeling, um, again, finding myself going down and becoming clinically depressed. And it's a whole set of feelings. I think when I first had my son going through postpartum, yeah, postpartum depression was different because I think I attributed it to being a single mom <laughs> and everything else that was going around me. And so being married and finding myself there, it's like, wait, you know, mm-hmm. everything is good. Mm-hmm. I have 
my husband, I have a support system, but I'm struggling. I'm struggling to get out of bed. I'm struggling to find joy. I have this child and I should be joyful, and but I'm still struggling. I'm struggling to find joy. I'm struggling in these daily tasks. Um, and again, just continued to just struggle. And I was able to, I think having gone through it, I did quickly identify it as postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'd learned to advocate myself well enough that I was able to see a doctor. And this time it was bad enough that it was actually presenting, showing up physically. I was having panic attacks. I was having waking up. Um, having anxiety attacks. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't focus. My heart was racing. My blood pressure was acting up. And so it was presenting migraines, just physical symptoms. And so this time I did have to consider medication before it had been manageable enough without medications. But this time I had to consider medications. And I did go on a medication that helped, which again is a whole other thing. I think as a mother, as a Christian, there's a struggle of, you know, is this a faith thing? Am I, you know, going on meds? There's such stigma Mm -hmm. with that and fear of what that can do, especially when you want to have other children. Um, But I did enough research to know that this was something that I needed to put my safety first Mm -hmm. to be able to be present for my family. and then the other things were going to come after that. So I was on medication for a short period. And then with therapy again, I was able to find my own grounding. And this is something that continually every pregnancy that I had, I struggled with mm. postpartum depression. But more so with my son on the spectrum, because as he got older, they were also, we tried to take him to school um, and this kind of ties into why, how we started awesome. homeschooling. And, you know, being that we were set on taking them to private school, Christian school, we enrolled him in a Christian private school, and he just was having a really hard time. He wasn't functioning. The structure was very rigid. Um, I would pick him up from school. This was preschool at this point. I would pick him up from school, and my child would just have a meltdown all the way home. He would just cry for hours and hours and hours, and there was no settling him. At this point, he didn't have a diagnosis. I knew that there was something going on with him, um, but getting a diagnosis for him, the journey to get him even diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum was, wasn't an easy one. Um, and so the advocacy piece for him... I found myself feeling drained because, and at this point I had my third child too. So I had an infant. I had um, my son who's on the spectrum really struggling. I had my other son who's in fifth grade at this point. Um, And I just juggling between advocating for him to get the help and the resources he needed, (laughs) being a new mother again in the midst of postpartum depression for the third time, and working. At this point, I was working in crisis services in mental health, which is a lot of um, just energy and time and mental health that you have to point to other people. Juggling all of that, and our oldest was also struggling at school with um, a lot of racial stuff mm-hmm. at this point, being he was in middle school, just a black middle school boy. Um, so there was a lot of things that were going on. We were dealing with that. We were dealing with my son on the spectrum. I had a new baby, potentially <laughs> in postpartum depression again, working. And I found I slowly started finding myself just overwhelmed and it started to seep into our marriage and I started to get resentful and almost like I feel like we started to do this thing where well you 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 were working I was working so now you take the kids you do this almost tit for tat in our marriage um and I just 
it was overwhelming. It was extremely overwhelming. I constantly felt like I was, I needed to point to my child with special needs. I needed to point to my child that was struggling navigating social stuff at school. Um, I needed to point to my infant and I needed to point to my marriage. Wait, wow. wait, 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 wait. And wait. wait. <laughs> well, uh, you're unloading. But uh, Nancy, yeah. talk, to, talk, to, talk to a parent who's parenting a special needs kid. A, a special child. needs a kid. Test. Yes. Test. And, and, and talk a little bit about, you know, how can you diagnose or identify as a mother some of yeah. those mm-hmm. things that for you, for that someone I who, saw. yeah, that you saw? I want to say as a mother, as a parent, I think more so as a mother, you know. You know when your child is struggling. You know when your child has needs. Um, I think oftentimes we, you want to hear that they are not struggling. You want to maybe even pretend that they are not. There were many times that my son, when my son was born, when I brought my son home, I told my husband, I told him, I said, I think he's on the spectrum. And this was on the way home from the hospital. I said, he's not giving eye contact. There's something off with our son. There was something off. And I knew it, but everybody around me said the opposite (laughs) you know everybody around me was telling me that he's normal he's okay he's and I think people say that sometimes as something to comfort you Mm -hmm. um but I think you know as a parent I would say trust your gut Mm -hmm. I think no one knows their children or their needs better than a parent better than a mother Mm -hmm. you've given birth to that child you know them better than anybody i think if there's any doubt any any concerns seek help Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of resources there's again seeking help sounds simple but it can get complicated i think seek help but don't give up if you still know and feel it in your gut that there's something going on that your child needs it needs a different just don't stop until you've advocated for them, until they've got the help and the resources that they need. Um, and so I think for me, part of why we homeschool, again, that's, for me, that was, I was in this space where I was like, I just, I can't continue to give bits and pieces to these different areas of my life. I can't continue to take from my marriage to give to the kids to take from one kid to give another, to take from work to give to my family. Because I also felt a sense of guilt as a, as, a, as a mental health provider to my clients. Oftentimes, my heart and my mind were at home with my children <laughs> who were struggling. Um, and so there was a sense of conflict for me, trying to juggle, you know, being present, fully present with my clients when I... My again, my my my, I needed to pour somewhere else, um, into into my family, and so I got to a point where we both acknowledged my husband and I. We were like, "This, it's just not working. <laughs> it isn't working. The kids are struggling. We can clearly see that they're struggling. My son was he's was a straight A student." But then these things that started happening at school, there was a lot of, not with the other students, but just teachers saying things to him and the way that they, the, the responses that he was getting and the messages that he was getting. And we started to see him almost like get, um, I don't know, he would make statements that, oh, I'm not a good student, or I'm not a good kid. I'm about, you know, start to internalize these things, messages that he was hearing. And we knew that that wasn't him. And we didn't want him to go down this pathway with internalizing these things. Um, and again, the our second son, school just wasn't working for him. The structure wasn't working for him. Public school was another option that we explored, but because getting him diagnosed, he's what is considered twice exceptional. So he's very gifted, but he's very, he has deficiencies too and special needs. 
So those kids fall right in the middle. They cut off, and oftentimes they are missed. Mm. They are missed. They need they need services. They need extra help, but they are missed because they present as yeah. neurotypical as, as, kids. Yeah. But then yet they can't function in a neurotypical environment, and so we found ourselves in this space where it's like we can't take him to public school because he can have the resources. He doesn't have the diagnosis. We can keep him in private school because it's too rigid for him. Um, his learning style was very different. Again, he's very smart in things that he's passionate about. But then there's areas, social um, situations where he doesn't have good boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so someone has to be there to watch him to make sure that he's safe around strangers and all these things. And so all this pretty much led to that decision, us sitting down and looking at our, our options, looking at, okay, what options are there? And I think oftentimes we assume that there's just one option. <laughs> you know, we assume that all kids have to go through a, a certain system of education mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, but, yeah, so that's... That's kind of what led us to have that open discussion of how what is important to us at this point and this stage in our life. Is it to pursue our careers, to pursue this type of education, or to, um, you know, just circle back and try to see uh, what else is out there? Man, I still want you to talk to a parent that's mm-hmm. parenting uh, special needs child special and how yeah. just just whatever words if it's encouragement or what how what would you tell them if they are if they're feeling that they have to pour into their family pour mm-hmm. into this kid uh to this child yeah pour into work how, what would you what would you tell someone like that what would you encourage them i would first say honestly as cliche as it sounds i would say take care of yourself first because mm. um, you can't pour from an empty place mm-hmm. Find what you need. What are the resources you need to first be grounded yourself? Um, do you need, you know, for me, it's taking, recognizes, recognizing when I'm overwhelmed and saying, you know, I need someone else to take this piece. I need um, to find a therapist for this piece. I need to ask my husband to help with this piece. I need my mom to help with this piece. I need... To go for a run, <laughs> I need to disconnect and just spend time in the world or spend time by myself. Um, and I think I think once you have that peace taken care of, then everything else becomes a little bit clearer. Yeah. Then it's easier to find the help, the resources that that child needs. It's easier to show up the way that child needs for you to show up. Because children with special needs when you show up the way that they need for you to show up when they have the resources that they need they they thrive, they yeah. thrive our son honestly he's he's been such a blessing to mm-hmm. us he's the most kind-hearted most sensitive most people loving child mm-hmm. that we have um of all of our children and the others are amazing too but yeah, so I would say first first find what 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 you need to be able to um get grounded enough to be able to provide what others need cuz I think sometimes as mothers as parents as parents with special needs kids we can pour 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 and then we burn out and then it's not good for anybody at that point. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah. I I think we 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 we're going to start wrapping up here for this session because we got to talk about how does homeschooling work. Yeah. Kenan might take a tip or two <laughs> out of that. <laughs> but 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 two things I want to say as, as, as we come back to closing remarks on us. Number one is I want to pause here, viewers, listeners, and just first of all, just want to show some love to these two amazing people here, even you, Kenan, very amazing people. Let me, let me, let me come. <laughs> and the reason I say that is that, you know, I, it's, it's just a joy to sit in a room with two black therapists, people who actually 
have recognized the need, have a passion for it, actually persuade. Because as I listen to you, Nancy, some of that experience actually helps you navigate this journey, yeah. you know. And so one of the things I like to say, you know, if there's anyone out there listening, anyone who needs help, hey, here are some two beautiful and handsome resources right in front of you guys. Just, um, I wouldn't say inbox, Anyways, we will find ways where we can put, if you want to reach out to get resources or talk to someone, uh, these will be amazing people to talk. If you're a value-based Christian, Hey, they they also you know actually in that in that realm. If you so don't have insurance, if you don't have work in, on that, work on that, that and stuff like that. Uh, it's just amazing. I'll just I'm just blown away by 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 hearing that. Um, second thing I just want to honor here and acknowledge is that it sounds easy, Nancy, as you say all those things. Yeah. But in that phase, it must have been very overwhelming. Very difficult. Very overwhelming yeah. because as I listen, is you're in school working because the first time you're in school you're working s- child special needs another child post-mortem post-postpartum depression you know yeah. trying to navigate all that a marriage um, but also one thing beautiful that I've heard from you is recognizing that your marriage needs your attention you know, most of the times we talk about or oh, divorce rate is fifty percent. Sometimes it's not because the person is bad or they changed. It's some of these realities in life when we don't address them, mm-hmm. they become mountains. You know, so just listening to you, I just wanted to 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 echo to to celebrate that and just say, man, this is amazing. So I want us to start wrapping up, and I'm gonna start with Kenan. Kenan, what are you hearing? What are your final thoughts? And then I'll come uh, to you, Nancy. <clears throat> like, what what are you? Talk to someone, talk to us as we wrap up and then we'll we'll close and prepare for the next session. Um I think what I've what I've had the most is at this point in her life and in, in everybody's life is there's these roles and hats that mothers wear and just juggling between in between those in between those roles and shifting from one to the other, shifting from and there's those things that matter in your in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, like parenting, raising your kids, providing for them, being there for your husband, both physically and emotionally and all that. I think it can be and it is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So carving that carving that uh, lifestyle in a way that, you know, lessens that burden and tapping into your social in your support systems, tapping into your faith, tapping into your friends, those that you know you can trust. I think that makes it a little bit easier to juggle those rules because i mean as as a mother of four kids one with special needs those roles and yeah so i think knowing what those roles look look like and just juggling that and tapping into your faith your support system i think that's what i think i'm gonna borrow from you uh into into my perspective as well so and yeah Uh, I'm, i'm encouraged i'm very inspired by 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 you and your story and i think it's 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 a testament to what family is mm-hmm. you know and what uh we can achieve being in a in a nucleus family and just there's challenges your marriage yeah. is not as uh, is not perfect no. i do mine isn't either and as as well isn't either but then just finding the perfection in that imperfect imperfectness and finding what brings uh life to that imperfection i think that's what matters most so yeah what would you sum up this session for you nancy Mm. yeah sum up i mean we've talked about bits and pieces of you know different seasons Mm -hmm. um of my life as a teen as a young mother (laughs) as a i want to call it maturing mother (laughs) (laughs) Um, and bits and pieces of marriage and um, parenting. Um, I just, I I guess for me, it's I really want to speak to um, that mother that's again juggling all these hats mm-hmm. and different things and feeling overwhelmed. Um, and I think sometimes, oftentimes, we can feel like that's our reality. Um, we don't have many choices, we don't have many options, and it can appear to be that way. Um, but I think, I, I want to say from my experience, that there are options. Um, 
there are different th- there's different ways we can do things there's different ways we can think through things um there's different ways we can access support um and there's always a way um through the mental health piece through the parenting piece through the juggling piece um there's always a way of just finding the help that we need or we need the support that we need to be able to thrive um even when it feels <laughs> like that's yeah. the last thing we're going to be able to do um yeah that's what i would say man beautiful 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 man you know what i've learned from this is a beautiful story of love love story man <laughs> i think we need to make a netflix movie out of that yeah. you know salsa dance kind of thing you know <laughs> stuff like that pasta moku out there <laughs> you know it's a beautiful season, one man. beautiful story yeah. and just want to encourage someone out there that your story is not done yet you know hang in there you know your day your day you know everything works perfectly and timely for every single person as, as you know god and fate or whatever you believe in will have it uh, i also i also wanted one thing i had from this podcast is also the the cautiousness of a single mother into getting into a relationship right <laughs> yeah. you know it's not you're not just thinking about yourself you're thinking of another human being and you you're putting center uh, you know put, putting the, the human being in center of the the entire action um i've also had you know the journey of juggling multiple things you know um and and how that affects you in your life and how you make decisions in those moments and how you navigate that um you know one thing i like to wind up in saying is that and how you came to the decision of homeschooling but i want to pause here again and shout someone else i want to shout out your husband oh yeah yeah i want to shout out cuz you know there are many brothers who all have deep long time ago oh, yeah. right you know there are many people who are sat down and say you know what this is not for me but just taking it in with you and you guys finding a way to navigate this situation and working together is just a beautiful story of hope and encouragement and so if you're a single mother out there your journey is not done you know you you're writing your story you have a beautiful child or beautiful children you know let them be your hope you know fight for them live for them and they feed from their energy too uh there's a father out there who's struggling in their journey or a husband out there hey hang in hang in there don't don't wait to be killed or anything like that domestic violence is real vice versa but you know just just being able to identify that and there are people like pastor moko out there you know <laughs> we need more people to look out for others <laughs> out there and stuff like that but above all I want to say this I want to celebrate women really want to celebrate the, the the superpower of a woman it is just the the statement that i'm taking from this podcast is you're driving home from hospital and you tell your husband our child might be in the spectrum end the instinct of a mother is just so deep and so powerful so profound and that is who women are and that's what women bring to this world and that's what shapes us to be who we are and um if you need resources again Uh, single mother Jeremiah program is a good resource for you mental health please seek and get that help and above all if you believe in God and have faith hang on in there that has been our time for this episode but guess what homeschooling is the next episode i'm curious to learn um, I I was here with Kennedy barely survived the covid season <laughs> staying home with kids how does you know uh, uh, um you know um uh, Nancy and the husband do it with four kids and how does that journey go and what can we learn so tune in for the next episode that has been our time here until next time Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazing Truth podcast we hope you were blessed as you listen don't forget to share like and subscribe god bless you and see you on the next one